0: Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so excited that you're listening today. I'm going to be reading from A Clash of Swords in Scotland from our Scotland Adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. I'm reading part two of chapter 10, Nessie and an Injury. Uncle Alistair led the way across the grassy slopes to the band area. There were a few muddy patches from recent rain. Careful there, Dad called to the boys who were running wildly up the grassy slopes and then racing down at top speed. We want to keep those clothes clean. They found seats at the edge of the arena and watched the pipe bands gathering in various places across the field. The leader of the band, with his plaid over his shoulder, spun his baton and gave the command. The pipers fell into step and the bass drums began their deep booms in a regular rhythm that seemed to make even the road vibrate. The pipes all played in unison as the pipers marched. The bright cheery music became a crescendo of sound which seemed to fill every inch of space around the children. As the pipers, dressed in their finest, with white spats flashing and large fluffy hats bobbing proudly, marched past the observers, the sound grew louder and then softer again. The drummers drew closer. Each pipe band had around 20 snare drummers and two bass drummers. The big bass drums made a deep booming sound and the snare drums a rhythmic tapping. The drummers twirled and tossed the fluffy-ended drumsticks between strikes of the drum. There were five drum majors tossing batons and more than 40 pipers together in each band. The joint effect of the many pipe bands playing together was thrilling. As far as the children could see, pipers wearing different tartans marched and played in unison. After the pipe bands finished, a lone piper led a group of Scottish dancers dressed in colourful Scottish kilts, tartan socks, dancing shoes, and colourful velvet jackets onto the field. Their hair was smoothed back in perfect buns, and they each carried a metal sword and sheath. The dancers laid down the swords and sheaths in cross shapes on the soft grass, then stood with feet turned out arms bent at the elbows and fists at their waists. They began their sword dance, dancing over and around the swords on their toes, at times lifting their hands elegantly in the air. They point their toes so sharply it must hurt, observed Libby. Mom laughed. They do lots of training and practice, so their toes are used to it. Isn't it great how their kilts swish from side to side while they dance? The piper began to play faster and faster, and the dancers in turn danced faster and faster around and over their swords. People clapped in time to the music and cheered them on. The music stopped as suddenly as it had begun. The dancers took an elegant bow, then carefully picking up their swords, they marched off the field. The champion pipe band paraded onto the field. The pipers marched and played in perfect unison, their music stirring and heart warming. The transition between songs seemed effortless. At times, the drums stopped playing for a second or two, then resumed the beat. Rome was most fascinated by the drum major twirling his baton and shouting commands over the noise of the bagpipes and the large bass drummer who seemed to match his drum in stature. As the pipers marched off the field for the last time, Jake, transfixed, thought that the stage lights had been switched off. He realised that it was, in fact, the sudden gathering of dark clouds that had given him that impression. "'All of a sudden it began to drizzle. "'Then, seconds later, the heavens seemed to cough and split wide open. "'Rain bucketed down on them in hard little drops. "'Umbrellas came out and people held jackets above their heads, "'but the slopes quickly became muddy "'and the children struggled to walk without slipping. "'Crowds of people rushed past as the pouring rain came down with a roar. "'Dad yelled to the children over the noise of the rain. Hold hands and stay with us. Everyone grasped hands except for Jake, who was struggling to catch up. The others stopped to wait for him, but he lost his footing, stepping on a rock and twisting his ankle. He yelled in pain and fell down in a heap. Dad reached Jake's side in a few leaps and crouched next to him. Mom held the others close, and together they inched towards Jake, struggling to see clearly through the pouring rain. She instructed Wren to hold tightly to Libby and Tiffany's hands and told Rome to loop his hand through Wren's arm. Stay together and stand still. Don't move from this spot, she pointed at the ground. Wren nodded and peered through the rain at the scene of the accident. Mom knelt down next to Jake and stroked his forehead as Dad carefully examined the hurt ankle with his fingers. Jake's face grimaced in pain and he whimpered softly. Dad picked him up and started to move towards the van while Mom beckoned to Donnie who had jogged over to look for them. Between Donnie and Dad, they carried Jake across the muddy lawn and laid him on a seat in the van where Aunt Shauna and Uncle Alistair were waiting, both soaked through. The rain began to slow to a light drizzle as Mom brought the other children over, sloshing through the puddles. A thick mist descended as they climbed into the van, the rain starting to pour hard again. Donnie shut the door and suddenly the silence felt loud as the van doors blocked out the noise of the rain. How is the poor lad doing? asked Uncle Alistair. He's in a bit of pain. He twisted his ankle, Mom responded. That was quite a downpour. The floor of the van is filthy. No worries, it can be cleaned and dried, Donnie reassured her. The important thing is to get this lad to a doctor. Thank you, said Mum. Where should we take him? I think the Ragmore Hospital is best this time of day. He can see a doctor there, Uncle Alistair told her. Donnie turned on the fog lights as visibility was poor and drove carefully out of the muddy grounds. There was a long queue of cars and it took them a while to exit the fairgrounds, but eventually they were on the road to the town hospital. Parking near the emergency entrance, Donnie helped Dad carry Jake inside to have his ankle seen to. Then while Dad stayed with Jake, Donnie took the others back to the house to get dry and ready for bed. He returned to the hospital carrying dry jackets and a snack for Dad and Jake. Jake was wheeled out to the car in a wheelchair while Dad carried his crutches. They told Donnie that it was a sprained ankle and that although Jake would need crutches for a day or two, he would be fine. It'll be fun, Jake had cheered up considerably. I'll be able to hop all day. That's the spirit, Donnie grinned at his enthusiasm. Now let's get you out of those wet clothes, Dad smiled at Jake as they arrived at the house. Dad changed out of his wet clothes while mom helped Jake to put his pajamas on and join the others at the table what a blessing there's a washing machine here mom remarked all our clothes are soaked and muddy our first real Scottish downpour wren commented there was hot chocolate for everyone while Jake told about his hospital adventure what did the doctor do Libby asked Jake he talked funny Jake giggled his usual silliness returning You mean he had a Scottish accent, Wren asked. Very, and he told me to put ice cream on my ankle. Ice cream, Libby exclaimed. Why ice cream? I have to put ice on it and rub cream on it. Ice cream. I'm going to be busy with all this cream rubbing, ice pudding and crutch walking, said Jake. Libby giggled at him. You have a battle injury now. Ah, Jake pretended to be injured in battle and fell off his chair with a clatter, regretting the move soon after when pain shot through his ankle. Alarmed, Mom went over to him. Jake, you'll injure yourself again. I think you'd best refrain from battle scenes for a few days, Dad told him. The next day, Jake woke up feeling cheerful, but when he tried to sit up, the pain flooded back to his ankle. It felt stiff and uncomfortable, and he sat on his bed looking forlorn. Mom sat with him and massaged his ankle with arnica gel, and then re-wrapped the bandage. After Jake was dressed, Dad showed him how to walk with the crutches. Jake felt relieved to be mobile again. After a fun breakfast together, Donnie came to fetch them all for their day trip to Culloden Battlefield. Jake hobbled around very effectively with his crutches, enjoying the attention it brought him. As they drove along, Donnie gave them a bit of the history of the United Kingdom. That's all for now. See you next time.